Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Lincoln Prats. I'm your host, Jeff Edelman. Today, we're not talking about national politics, no Trump, no Biden. We're talking about the uh, Coral Springs, Florida. We're talking about a commission seat that is being sought after by six individuals. Uh, it's, you know, local politics, there's been more activity uh, these days than probably in the past 10 years, if you look back. Uh, the last special election and now uh, to replace uh, Larry Vignola, we have six people vying for seat three of the Coral Springs uh, commission seat. And I'm here with my friend, Andy Caston. Uh, we're wrapping the foil and we're gonna get down to uh, uh, what he plans on doing if he's so lucky as to be elected as the commissioner uh, from Coral Springs. Andy, so glad to have you with me today. Thanks, Jeff. As always, it's a pleasure, and I do appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk a little bit more in detail about uh, my campaign and, uh, you know, all things Coral Springs related. Absolutely. This is a nonpartisan election. What does that mean? Well, uh, that means that we should be uh, con con uh, we should be talking about just the people of Coral Springs. We don't have any po party policy that we're following here. Um, at least I'm not. And so uh, nonpartisan is, I think, uh, where, where these municipal elections should be. You know, no left, no right. It's all about the people in your community and trying to do the right thing by them. Uh, leave a little um, everlasting, hopefully positive imprint, imprint on, the, uh, on the future of the city and make things just a little bit better for those people that, that live here. And so um, I'm, I'm real happy that it is uh, nonpartisan because as you well know, Jeff, especially this, this election cycle, it is very polarized. And uh, you know, I don't think I have the uh, fortitude to, uh, to duke it out on left or right issues. And so uh, you know, the, the, the nonpartisan um, uh, election to me is, is, is great. And I, I think it's perfect for a few municipalities. And that's the way it should be anyway, in my opinion. Now, Andy, you're a 25 plus year resident of Coral Springs. This is your first uh, foray into local yeah. politics. Why now? What, what made you throw your hat in the ring uh, for this commission seat? I'm asking myself that same question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, you know, I have been building a body of work in the city of Coral Springs for quite some time and kind of just fell into it accidentally in that, you know, I became involved early on in volunteering with the Coral Springs Chamber of Commerce. And that kind of started this whole, this whole thing happening for me. I had just joined the chamber to just, you know, to do more business, hopefully with, with people that I could meet locally and in and around where we lived. And the next thing I knew, I was getting involved in, you know, in so many different things in the chamber. I became a board member and then an executive board member. Finally, I was past chair of the Coral Springs Chamber. And we, um, during that year that I uh, was the chair, uh, we went to uh, Tallahassee on, uh, during Broward days to represent the city and to lobby for business owners that we represent through the chamber uh, up in Tallahassee. And man, I don't know what it was, but it was really an enlightening um, event in my life. 
And while I had never had a political bone in my body at that point, I thought, wow, this, this is pretty cool. You know, stuff is happening. Meaningful things are happening at the state level. Not that I want to run on the state level, but at that time, I had gone up there with our then um, city manager, Erdal Donmez. Larry Vignola, I think, had just been elected. Tom Powers had just been elected. And, um, and they had gone up there as well. And so we all kind of got together and I got to know those guys and we met with our city lobbyist and, and that kind of started the clock ticking on something in the back of my brain that, you know, someday you should really get involved in local politics because, you know, you could have a more meaningful imprint on, on, on things that happen within the city. Now, why did I do it now? I have been asked previously by other council members to run, but timing, you know, in my, to me, timing is everything in life and I wasn't ready nor did I have the time to put into it to do the right job. So this was the perfect storm. You know, I'm, I'm an empty nester now. Um, I've, been, I've been for six years um, involved uh, as, a, uh, as a board of director and now the vice chair of the Coral Springs Redevelopment Agency doing significant economic development in Coral Springs. And um, thought that, you know, there's an open seat. You do not have to run against an incumbent. So all things being equal, it looked like it was the perfect storm that if I'm going to do it, now is the time to do it. We didn't know about COVID at the time, unfortunately, <laughs> because boy, did that throw a fly in the ointment. But uh, having said that, uh, you know, you make your decision and you deal with whatever the consequences are and whatever the situation is. And that's pretty much the reason why. I mean, I just want to have um, a little bit more of a voice. I think that because of the economic development that I've already worked on, it's critically important to carry that body of work forward. And so, and I've, since I've worked with this commission and will continue to work with the commission, whether I get elected or not, uh, I don't think there's much of a learning curve for me to hit the ground running and, and, and get on that commission and do, do good work, you know, for the people of Coral Springs. So that's essentially why I'm running now. Well, tell me, tell us a little bit about, you know, been in Coral Springs for 25 years. Tell, tell us a little bit about your family, your business. Sure. Well, I actually moved to Florida in 94. And I came here at the time as a, an apparel manufacturer. And we were a pretty big uh, corporation. And we were a privately owned company. It was a family business. We were doing about $32 million worth of business. We had about 350 employees that were employed, not in Florida, but in Tennessee. But we were feeling the pressure of importing. And it was right about that time that Bill Clinton signed the NAFTA deal and that put extra pressure on our domestic operations. So we started to go offshore or what we call nowadays near shore, near shore and started doing manufacturing in Colombia, Dominican Republic and Honduras. But we would we would buy all the American products in the states deliver them to a facility in Miami, package it up, send it there. They would manufacture it. And there was no duty to bring it back. So you essentially you could do manufacturing for 40 to 60 cents an hour as compared to what we were paying at the time of probably somewhere around five bucks an hour. It was quite some time ago. Right. That made, a, that made a huge difference in the price that we could deliver to our client. And they demanded to, to have this rock bottom pricing. Uh, unfortunately, we were a little late to the game and let make a long story short. We had a $6 million line of credit that got pulled on us 
we were out of business pretty much at that point because in the in that manufacturing business, you got to produce product six months ahead of the curve before sure. you deliver. Anyway, to make a long story short, that's how we ended up in Florida. And um, we kind of, my brother and my dad and I kicked around for about six months thereafter. And for some strange reason, I decided to make a career change at that time and go into the insurance business. So that's really what I've been doing for the last 23 years, 24 years, has been a, an insurance agent, also a securities licensed uh, registered rep. But my main focus of what I deal with right now is property and casualty insurance. So, you know, your autos, your homes, your general liabilities and things such as that. And that is, uh, I raised two kids here in Coral Springs, both of my kids. One of my kids was born in New York, but she was only a year and a half when we moved here. My other son was born in West Boca Hospital. You know, they all ran through the school systems here in um, in Florida. And, uh, but, uh, you know, and so uh, my wife, Lori, and I are now empty nesters and, uh, you know, enjoying that part of our lives. And uh, so that's a little bit about how I got to where I am today. And um, so I've got a very strong business background. I think if, you know, if I'm speaking to people out there that they need to understand that I have a very good business acumen uh, because of my manufacturing experience. And also because I work with a ton of business clients from all different walks of life, you know, but whether you're selling a widget or you're selling cars, the headaches and problems and issues that a ma- that a business owner has are all the same. Some are larger than others, some are smaller than others, but they still have basically the same issues, you know, with, with dealing with overhead and dealing with cash flow and you know and all the other economic things that that impact a business. And so, I know for a fact that I've got the most experience out of my ca- other candidates that are running, and then on top of that with my economic development experience of what I've done in the past and I'm doing now with the city, I just feel that, uh, you know, this is what's going to be very ultra important to Coral Springs in the next two years, especially in light of the COVID issue. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, COVID really has changed everything. You didn't expect to run a campaign during a pandemic and it's changed the way we all do business. Um, And with that being said, um, you know, with your business background, there's going to be a lot of changes to commerce. There already are in Coral Springs. What do you expect your experience as a businessman uh, running manufacturing, doing insurance? How does how does that help you on the committees you're on today? And how will that help you if you're uh, our next commissioner? So the let's let's just talk about the the work that I've been involved with right now. Uh, when I joined the Coral Springs Redevelopment Agency was just at the beginning of doing some economic development in the city. So I was very lucky to join the board uh, that was doing real work. The board previous to that had done some great uh, foundation setting, but unfortunately they had been hit with several different, you know, issues. The bubble burst, you know, that that happened and that set, set them back a lot. And then coming out of the recession and so forth, there was not enough momentum to get things done. So when I joined that board, the first thing we had on the agenda was a linear park. That's actually, we call the art walk. I think it's Northwest 31st Court is, was the name of the street. And that's a road that runs horizontal to the, where our post office is in our, down, in our downtown, which is essentially a, a canal. It was a drainage canal that ran from Coral Hills Drive to University. 
it was littered with garbage. It wasn't upkept at all. And it was pretty much a dead space. So the first thing we did was, you know, we, we, we actually called box culverted the, um, the drainage ditch, covered it up and created a linear park with public art uh, that would eventually hopefully be used for our downtown development. We built that ahead of the downtown. And we, we held many different events there for a long time. We did a, we did a savor the notes, a breakfast jazz, a yoga, you know, at sun, sunrise yoga, um, all sorts of farmers market was there for quite some time. It became a, a space that was dead that was now vibrant and being used by the community. And that was a, that was a large project. And then right behind it, we built our municipal building and that was part of our CRA initiative that the, the, you know, again, the commission, just so everybody understands anything that we do on our CRA commission must get the blessing. Uh, I'm sorry, our board has to get the blessing of the Coral Springs city commission. So we essentially hand it off to them to get their blessing. They must vote three to two minimum to get these initiatives or this economic development done. In the years that I've been involved, we've never had a vote that went against anything we brought to the table. So we've been doing, we've been doing good work and we have an excellent board. I'm certainly not doing it on my own, but I'm glad to be a part of the process. How long have you been on that board? I'm now in my sixth year. The board is an appointment, is a four-year appointment that has to be appointed by the city commission. And I've been reappointed uh, by our late great mayor, Skip Campbell, and some of the past and previous um, uh, uh, commissioners. So I've worked with a lot of different commissions, you know, and um, and so the municipal building was the next big piece of the puzzle. And Jeff, that was met with a lot of controversy, if you recall. <laughs> right. Because of the expenditure and uh, where we wanted to put it. Uh, but we knew that if we built it, uh, in the on the land that it currently sits on, that we would have a great opportunity then to develop the four corners of Sample and University, uh, because this is typically what cities do. You know, they put their money where their mouth in, in, in a blighted, sort of a blighted area. Those four corners are not that pretty, except for one of the corners that was redeveloped. Uh, so that the city, you know, Instead of building, you know, instead of 300 parking spots, which they need for the city hall, you know, during regular times, they built an additional 300 parking spaces so that we could utilize it for the new development that would go in to the sample and university corridor, which is now um, actually going to be put into 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 uh, work. It's about 100. I say it's about 168 million, but I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be about 170 million dollars of, of redevelopment on that corner. With the pretty first exciting piece. though, pretty exciting. It's it finally I, mean, happened. I have I've talked to thousands of people at different events when I've staffed our downtown booth, and I can tell you that every single person that has been in this city for quite some time that has come into that booth, they're just saying, look, we've been talking about this forever. We need this. When is it going to happen? It can't happen soon enough. And even people that have come in there and have had a little bit of a negative twist on it, after we discussed it with them and explained to them what it would do for the city and, and what it's going to do for, you know, for economics of the city, they pretty much everybody's bought in. And we met with stakeholders, uh, residents, business owners. I mean, there was a lot of, um, a lot of uh, municipal outreach uh, to the community to get this thing done. We took ideas from the community and, and you know, put those into this project. So in terms of a body of work, 
you know, uh, two, over $200 million of economic development for the city of Coral Springs, which includes the municipal building, the new downtown project and the art walk. Yeah, I'd say that I've got a pretty good uh, track record on bringing economic development. So in a long winded answer, it's something that I think we're going to continue to need to do to bring in more tax base from businesses, okay, than to come back to the homeowners that live here because there's no other place to get tax dollars from, Jeff. We're a built out city. There's nowhere else to build. So on top of that, you know, I want to talk and I want to make sure that we bring businesses to our industrial park, which still has plenty of vacancy. The city has identified some key initiative businesses that they'd like to bring in, which are higher paying jobs. My opinion is you need that, but you also need the blue collar jobs because, you know, not everybody's got skill sets that fulfill a hundred thousand dollar a year research and development job. But why not have manufacturing or why not have blue collar jobs? Well, one of one of the largest employers in Coral Springs who's a client of mine. You know, they employ 85 to 90 blue collar workers. And I mean, that's important because those guys come here and gals come here. They may not live in the city, but they come through our city and they spend money in all sorts of places. So I'm looking at the tax dollars and saying with this, you know, we're going to have a $4 million deficit this year due to the COVID uh, crisis. How can we supplant some of that money? We can do that on, you know, if we build our economic development base, but we have to do it now because what we do now will have a real big effect in the next couple of years. Cause with the deficit, we'll be okay this year and we'll be okay next year with the, you know, the, the, the cuts that we've done on the municipal level and so forth. But what we do in the next two years, what they do on that board, if I'm not on that board is going to be critically important to the people that live in the city of Coral Springs. You went into this race, you expected one thing. And now we, again, we've mentioned COVID multiple times and I expected to. Yeah. How has, how has COVID-19 and the changes that have happened with our economy affected some of your goals that you want to accomplish? Yeah, well, from, from the very beginning of this thing, um, you know, at, at least as far as my campaign goes and how it's affected me, as a, as a candidate, it's been really hard to raise money. And it's not something I like to do anyway. It's probably the least, uh, you know, it, it's definitely the least favorite thing that I've had to do during the campaign is to ask people to contribute. Uh, not that I'm not worthy, but it's, it's really hard to ask people for money, as you know. And then on top of that, March comes around and I actually had planned my second kickoff, which was gonna be my big fundraiser, and we had to cancel that event. So really, it was very difficult to raise funds. And unfortunately, Jeff, you need to have a significant amount of money to run a campaign at a municipal Absolutely. level. At, at any level. Yeah, certainly. But at a, even at a municipal level, you need thirty to $40,000. That's a lot of money. And so that has definitely been the number one obstacle that I have had uh, during this thing. However, thank God we have social media. And that's been a savior because we've been able to leverage social media and get our word out in a way that we haven't done in the past or that, you know, previous uh, campaigns have not used. And of course, you will actually see this happen a lot more now and going into the future may be the number one way to campaign. 
Lord yeah, and I, I see you have your I Voted sticker on. You got your Andy Caston shirt. I, and you're very I, red because I saw you were out at I the was, library. You know today. what? It's really weird, but it rained damn near all day. But for the time being, you know, in Florida, you sit out under cloud cover. You get a, you get a wind burn, as we call it. You know, mm-hmm. I actually got sunburned today sitting out there, you know, and, and meeting people and so forth. So, um, you know, unfortunately, that for me, I am a people to people person. I am really not, I'm really better in person than on something like this. If I can meet you and press the flesh and talk to you, you know, that's when I do, that's where I'm really in my comfort zone. So that's been the hardest obstacle to overcome, unfortunately, you know, for, for me. And then on top of that, we haven't talked about it, but we've got six people that have actually filed for this particular seat, five candidates doing good work. One of them hasn't done anything but that's still a lot of people voting for one seat. So now you've got a general election and you're going to be, we're all stealing votes from one another. So it's very hard to figure out who has the upper hand in this because it's, it's just, there's just no way to know, no way to know. There's no polling, you know, there's, so you don't know by that, by that um, fact. And, um, and because you're splitting votes between five good candidates Somebody could win with a very, very short amount of votes, you know, with 150, two, three, a thousand. I, I don't know. I don't think you'll see a landslide by any stretch of the imagination between the candidates. Boy, I sure hope I, I sure hope I'm right about that. It wouldn't be so bad to lose. You just don't want to get destroyed in the election. But uh, well, let, let me ask you, that, you, you know, you, you bring up a point with so many people in the going for the seat. And I, I kind of find a correlation to a certain extent. Uh, certain respect with um, the Douglas shooting and what happened. I noticed that more people were running for local office, at least in this area, after that tragedy. Yeah. And I'm just looking at your, um, you know, your card where you talk about your priorities and their top thing is ensuring school safety. So transitioning from that, yeah. what, what, what type of, changes do you want to suggest uh, if you're a Coral Springs City Commissioner to ensure school safety? Well, you know, so of course that is a hot button and it's something that I do believe in, uh, you know, because I literally live a thousand feet from Stallman Douglas. So this affected all of us in a, in a real big way, you know, but it really, my, my daughter went there. I mean, I, you know, it affected all of us. Um, I um, was fortunate enough to uh, at when I went to Broward days this year to meet Lori Aladef, who lost her daughter in that shooting tragedy. She's an amazing woman. Um, she's had one of my heroes, you know, on, on, on that school board, you know, so at that time when I met her, she was promoting Alyssa's law, right? Which, which, which basically installs a emergency system in every school you know, where essentially you push a button, it goes directly to the police department, alerts them to the fact that there's an issue and they can respond quickly so that we won't have a response issue. The other part of it is, and what I learned is that not, you know, we have SRO, we call them SRO officers, you know, police officers in every school, but there are some schools we don't have, based on the amount of kids we have, we don't have enough SRO officers. And it's a shame that we have to even have them, but look, let's, let's talk about it you know, frankly, we need them in our schools. So I'd like to see us staff when our kids do go back to school in a big way, because they're 
not back completely right now, is to make sure we have the correct amount of SRO officers. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that will give us a better response time if, God forbid, something like this ever happens again. Along with these emergency systems that are in the schools, you know, we have to be able to respond to a crisis like that as soon as possible. And then I think we just need to have more mental health availability to our kids because so much of the time parents don't even know that kids are struggling, you know, that with, with mental health issues and uh, they'll confide in their friends. But maybe if we had a better support system for them in the schools, they would confide in those people and some of these issues, you know, that that happened. And it's not just shooting, it's bullying, it's all sorts of other things can be avoided. So we got to make our kids, you know, a priority. There's no question about that. And so that's why I'm speaking about it, because I want people to know that I do. Uh, you know, I, I am passionate about that. And I want to make sure that our schools are safe, because, you know, when people move to Coral Springs, they're moving here for lots of reasons, but schools are right up there on the top of the list. Sure. Absolutely. You also mentioned about more open communication with your with citizens. Yeah. What, do, what do you mean by that? You know, I think this... I'm not super critical of anything the city is doing. I think they've done better in the last five years, especially about getting information out to the public. But I think we could do a better job. You know, there are things that appear on the agenda, let's say, for instance, uh, at a commission meeting that are really important to the community, but that are not communicated to this to the to the community at large. You can go on to the website and see what's on the agenda. And you can see what they're going to be voting on. But Jeff, most people don't do that. You know, I could tell you for sure, I, as somebody who attends most of the city committee, uh, city commission meetings and have been doing that for probably the last five years, uh, there's there, a lot of times I don't look at the agenda until I get there. And there are some important things that people need to know about so they can get up during public comment and voice their opinion for or against some of these very critically important items that the commission is voting on. And if the commission wants to hear this stuff because it, it may, gives them a better, you know, a, a better idea of what the people are thinking. And maybe, you know, I know with me, I'm thinking about voting one way and then I get all these people that come up and they speak out against an item and I go, oh man, you know, I never thought of that. And I didn't realize that it would impact people in this way. So I'd like to see us use more text messaging you know, hey, tonight on the on the city, the, 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 the commission meeting has something. On, these are the items that are on the agenda tonight. If you if you want to come out and speak to them, you know, please go to the website so you can research more of this. In other words, just get more of this stuff out there to the public. You know, we do do it on Facebook, do it on Instagram, do it on Twitter. And then let's set up a because we already have a, like an emergency texting program that the city can, you can buy, opt into. Well, maybe we could do something more with that type of a system with these type of critical things that, you know, that are going to be voted on by the commission. So, again, just bringing the, the, the constituency in to what's happening to make sure that we're getting the right response from the community. So we're making the right vote or at least we are, you know, listening to what people have to say before the vote is made. Andy, we've talked about a lot of different topics in a very short span, but something I wanted to ask you about is top-notch city services, police, fire, parks. Uh, you have that as the, you know number two on on your on your list. What are your plans with regards to uh, city services, police, 
firemen? Yeah. Well, I, again, I think when people look to come to a city and they look to Coral Springs, they're looking at low crime rate. Thank God we have a low crime rate. We have an ISO class one fire department. That means response time is top notch. And, and, you know, and we have an award-winning police and fire department on top of that, you know, which, which makes it even more beneficial for, for us to live here. So those are things that people look at and including our parks. I mean, I know when I was, when I moved here, it was schools, safety, parks, you know, good, good services, good city services. So I want to make sure that we continue down that road and offer the best and the brightest and, you know, of what we can around us. We have a lot of competition from other cities. There are other cities that can boast the same things that I'm talking about. You know, in the past, when I moved here, the school system in our area was head and shoulders above any other area around us in Broward County. Not so much anymore. You know, our, our housing um, prices, uh, you know, are great. They're, they're, they're high, generally speaking which is great for, for people that own their, their houses. So, you know, when, when young families come into the city, cause I think we have like a 37 year old median age in the city, it's, it's pretty young. And, you know, they are looking for those types of things. Now I know that there's been a four, I think we all of the city, um, uh, you know, police fire uh, all the way from the municipal employees have been asked to uh, cut their budgets by 4%. And that's kind of, you know, that kind of scares me in a way because I know that per capita, we are understaffed in our police department, which means, means we do more with less, which is a good thing. But at the same time, you know, if you have to, if you have to put a freeze on hiring police, you know, I was hoping to be able to put some more police on the department because, you know, just to make up for the shortfall, you have people doing the work of two at times. And, you know, that seems to be the American way, but it's not always the best way to, to do policing. And of course, the police are probably our biggest, you know, out of all the services, our biggest budget item. Fire and rescue, you know, some of that, most of that gets paid for in our ad valerum taxes. It's a line item. So it doesn't directly come out of the budget of the city. Fire doesn't, but rescue does. So, um, you know, we we're gonna have to make sure that with these cuts and with the uh, you know with our budget constraints that we continue to uh, to offer those great services. So Jeff, one other thing, I'll be very frank about this. I am not a you know defund the police guy. You know I am not about that. I mean there may be places outside of Coral Springs that we need to take a hard look of how the dollars are spent in municipalities, but that won't be my under my you know. Uh, purview, so to speak. I mean, I'm just talking about Coral Springs. Uh, you know, I want to make sure we got good mental health workers that can help out with policing, no doubt about it, and training, <laughs> great training, because the other part that's really expensive is, is training cops. You know, and not everybody comes from the same place, but if you train them the right way and they know what the expectations are, I have full faith in our chief, you know, I think that we can offer the, the best and the brightest. So that's important. It's yeah, really I think important. That I think Coral Springs is uh, a lot better situated with their police, uh, their department. Um, I mean, I think they proved their weight for sure in 2018 and Douglas when they ran to yeah. the, when they ran to the high school. Yeah, you know, I uh, mean, they, they, I, they were they were the heroes that day. They were, they were, and unfortunately, it was there was a lot of things that went wrong that day. Up and what led up to it went wrong. 
through, you know, the school board and the FBI and so forth and so on. But, you know, CSPD is, I have, I have full faith in them. I know this chief, he's a good guy. I know a couple of the other chiefs and I know a lot of the rank and file people. They're good people, but they are just human beings and they make mistakes and they need to be trained, you know, in, in a proper fashion. So those things are critically important, you know, to continue to provide, uh, you know, a place where people want to come to and, you know, and live. Absolutely. Well, I want to ask you just about a, a few more things. Okay. You've got, I mean, you've been very involved with the community, the Coral Springs community for over a decade. A small business person of the year, 2010, awarded the Al Hendrickson Senior Outstanding Role Model in 2014, and the 2016 Covered Bridge Award. Can you tell me what that is? Yeah, so those, uh, the, the Covered Bridge is a, is a Chamber of Commerce Award. It's their highest uh, honor that they can give to a business owner. And it's weighted on pretty much every, all things uh, that you've done. So it's community involvement, um, you know, what you've done throughout the community and even in Broward County, uh, what you've done for the, uh, the city of Coral Springs, and additionally with the chamber, your involvement in the chamber, and then the businesses that, you know, that you're in, you know, what you've done in your business. Uh, it's mostly heavily weighted on, on your involvement, you know, your, your civic involvement and what you've done for, again, the city of Coral Springs, the chamber of commerce, as well as the, um, the county, you know, the county, Broward County. So they, they weighed a lot of different things in that. And I was very fortunate to be able to win that award. And, uh, but the one award I will tell you, Jeff, that was, took me by surprise was the Al Hendrickson um, Outstanding um, Role Model. Because if there's one thing that I want people to understand about me is that I always put people first. I mean, I always try to stand in their shoes. You know, I, I wanna th see things from their point of view. And, you know, oftentimes if you'll do that, you'll come away with a, uh, a better understanding of why people are so passionate about some of the things that they are passionate about, even if you disagree with them, you know? So um, I've said this before. I mean, you know, I, I think if, one, if you put people first, you can, and take the high road, you can never go wrong. Well, Andy, anybody that knows you knows you're very passionate about things you get involved in whether it's trying to improve the city, whether it's playing uh, hockey over at uh, <laughs> whatever they call it these days, the Panthers Ice Den. Panthers Ice Den. Panthers yeah, whatever, Den, yeah, whatever name it has this year. <laughs> uh, you know, I love having hockey people on the show. I really do. <laughs> um, but to those who are watching, listening to this interview, what what is it that you want them to know about you that we haven't really talked about uh, in support of your candidacy for the Coral Springs Commission seat. I think, you know, I, it's very simply this, I have no ulterior motive. I'm not doing this for self gain. I'm not doing, doing this to use it as a stepping stone to, you know, to, you know, go to the, uh, go to a state nominated type of, a, I'm not, I'm not a politician. I'm definitely not. Um, I just think that uh, right now the city needs somebody who is keen on uh, on economic development and business. It's going to be critically important. And whether, you know, if I don't get elected, Jeff, 
I still keep my seat on the CRA. So I'm still involved with that. That's going to be critically important. Good thing is all the other candidates support the downtown redevelopment. So that's great. You know, we won't have to worry about having a commission that doesn't support it. We will, irrespective of who wins this particular seat. Um, but I, I would like to use that uh, knowledge as well as my business connections to try to lure some businesses into the city that might otherwise not, you know, want to locate here. And so what I would like people to understand is that that is my, you know, my ultimate goal. I want to make sure that whatever I do on that commission will have a positive outcome for the people that live in Coral Springs 10 years from now, two years from now, you know, for, forever. You know, if, if what we can do today, we'll put a little bit of a positive sunshine on, on the city of Coral Springs. You know, I'm all about that. I think simple that's, as that, you know, that's, that's terrific. Well, if people want to learn more about you, uh, do you have a website? Yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously you can look me up on Facebook, uh, but my website is uh, my name's www.andycaston.com where you can learn a lot more about my campaign. If you still want to donate, there's a button there to donate, but you got to make your donation by the 29th. Cause that's it. We can't accept contributions after October 29th. Really? I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Actually. Yeah, that's the cutoff date for contributions. And then um, go to my Facebook page and my and my Instagram page, uh, because those that's where I'm actively posting on things that, you know, that are that are current and so forth. Or you can call my cell phone and ask me any question you want. My phone number is 954-854-4314. And I use that number for business, but you're welcome to call it. And if I don't answer, leave me a message. I promise you, I will get back to you. Well, that goes right back to your uh, commitment to communication with citizens. So yeah. I'm not surprised. Well, Andy, I always enjoy talking to you. I wish you good luck uh, Thanks, in the election. And for those of you who want to have more information about Andy Caston, he's running for Commissioner C3. And again, he gave you the website, andycaston.com. Um, he's available to answer your questions, and we're thrilled to have him here with us on the Lincoln Kratz. Uh, make sure that uh, you cover up a little bit better tomorrow so you don't get uh, flaky up, up top. Man, I, I'm, hair, I'm hair challenged, let's face it. So I got to be, <laughs> I will wear a hat tomorrow. I had a hat on, but it was so humid out there, I took it off. Story well, of my life, Jeff. What can I say? What can you listen to? You're, you're, in, you're in the ring. With uh, five yeah. other people, uh, I tip my cap to you. And again, I thank you for being with us. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to uh, contact Andy directly. And if you can't remember how to get in touch with him, you can, of course, reach out to me and I will contact Andy. I know where to find you. You do know so. where to find me. Well, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I do appreciate this forum. It's been, you know, it's been difficult, but, you know, having stuff like this to where you can communicate with people is is really a godsend during this, you know, pandemic. So I just hope everybody stays safe and I'd love to see us get back to a normal, you know, lifestyle. Yeah, we all, we all would hopefully, uh, hopefully that will, will be in the cards sometime in the next few months. It Let's will. Hope so. it, it will. It definitely will. We just, we just can't let our guard down as of yet. You know? Exactly. We're not out of the woods. Correct. Well, uh, to everyone watching, viewing, listening, Thank you. I'm Jeff Edelman for the Lincoln Kratz. Be well. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jeff. Peace out.